You're listening to The Private Citizen, a podcast that aims to misbehave. This is episode 147 for Saturday, the 11th of March, 2023. LinkedIn says Fauci is spreading misinformation. Hello, everybody. My name is Fab. Um, welcome to the show. Thanks for listening. Um, I'm coming to you live from the... Um, I was I almost said beautiful city of Düsseldorf <laughs> in, in Germany. Ah, wouldn't go that far. <laughs> it's it's okay. <laughs> Not as nice as Hamburg, even with the bullets flying. Um, if you haven't haven't heard, there was like a, um, a shooting in Hamburg, which uh, incidentally happened just around the corner where this podcast used to be recorded in Alsterdorf, um, very close by. Just along my uh, usual running um, kind of track that I, you know, when I did when I went jogging in the evening. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, welcome to the show. My name is Fab. Um, we are, today we're going to talk about the last episode, or rather how the the, the previous episode was received. Um, so bear with me. This is going to be a little bit self-indulgent, I feel. Um, it has a little bit of that um, aspect to it, but I, I I do feel it's it's an important topic. Um, so basically, um, well, before we before we get into the show, um, I, I'm just thinking: is there any is there any housekeeping? Yeah, probably. I'm I'm probably putting out this episode today, and then there'll be another episode. Um, Saturday is kind of a weird um, time to release a podcast for me, but. Um, things have been very um, just touch and go. I've, I've had a lot of work and a lot of things to do, so I'm, I'm trying to get shows out whenever I can. And so it's it's just happening to be Saturday today. Um, and I'll, I'll probably record one tomorrow on Sunday and then probably put it out on Monday because I won't have time to uh, record any podcasts next week um, as I will be in Hanover for several days uh, for an IT security conference where I'm actually running um, w one of the stages. Uh, it's it's the SEC IT conference. Uh, I did that last year as well. Uh, so that's going to be fun, but I won't be podcasting from the hotel room probably. Um, so I'm going to put that one out. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I've got so many topics I need to get to. It's just piling up. Um, and of course, this episode today uh, is part of the problem, but I think... Um, you know, I kind of, I, I kind of think it's important, and I want you to get that out of the way first. It's probably gonna be a little bit of a shorter episode because I just don't want to go on and on and on about the topic because it's already very self-indulgent. But yeah, just um, settle in um, with me. Grab your favorite beverage. Um, it's the evening here. I, I um, just cooked a lovely dinner, um, so I'm having some pre-post. I can't. Why am I doing a podcast? I can't talk. Having some post-dinner beers. Um, I don't know what time it is when you listen to it. You might be in a car, so I, I wouldn't rec recommend beers. But hopefully you, you can settle back. Um, you can have have a beverage of your choice. Maybe some, some lovely coffee. Um, and yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about what we actually want to talk about here today.
So, um, today I want to talk about the previous episode and um, how that was received. But before we get into that, maybe I should very quickly um, recap what I talked about, you know, last week. Because otherwise, I mean, it would make sense for you to listen to the previous episode, but maybe you can't right now. So let's just, um, and maybe you haven't, maybe you're new to the show. So uh, in the um, interest of fairness, I'm just going to recap what I talked about last week. Now, if you want to follow along, you can go to privatecitizen.press, privatecitizen.press, which is the website for this podcast. Yes, the uh, top-level domain is .press, um, which should be a hint for people who are, you know, checking out links. I'm, I'm, I'm posting somewhere. Just, you know, <laughs> that's... Yeah. We'll talk about that in a bit. Anyway, um, so yeah, you can follow along there. I've got links, everything uh, in, in the show notes as usual. So last week, um, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back a little bit further, like I did last week. Um, when the pandemic started, I said from the beginning that vaccines are good and they work. And I always said they work if you, you know, or if you're a doctor, I, I always, I always think you should, should, should leave the decision like this up to your doctor or to yourself if you want to decide it yourself. But you know, preferably to a doctor. Um, you know, if if they think you should, you should be vaccinated against the disease, that is great, and you should do that. Um, but I always said that's for the reason that, you know, that's for you, for you to protect yourself. And there was this. What I thought misguided belief when the when the pandemic started that getting vaccinated would somehow protect other people. Um, I mean, it does to a very very, um, you know, around many corners. It kind of does because it 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 might prevent you from you know when you get the, the a disease like SARS-CoV-2, you get infected with SARS-CoV-2. Um, it um, it, it it might prevent you from from you know getting sick sick very seriously and having to end up in the hospital and in the ICU and then you if 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 you know if you because you're vaccinated if that doesn't happen um, you know you kind of keep hospital beds open for people who need them so that kind of does around several corners protects other people but that's like very far fetched generally you know I've I've been always of the belief that the the vaccination is for you know for you to protect yourself which I would always thought was common sense. Until the pandemic came around, everyone was like, no, um, we need to get people vaccinated to protect um, them for themselves and to protect other people. And I always said that is bullshit. Now, um, last week, um, I did an episode where I thought, you know, I'm kind of vindicated because uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who is um, you know, who used to be the head of the NIAID, the National Institute for Allergies and Infectious Diseases. I remember what it says for now, um, you know, which is part of the NIH, the National Institutes of Health in the US. Um, so like the foremost government agency that deals with infectious diseases. Um, and for a long time, the advisor to the president, the, you know, the chief medical advisor to the president, president both to Trump and Biden, uh, Presidents Trump and Biden, um, published a paper um, that he wrote with some colleagues, which is kind of a review 
of the scientific consensus on vaccines. And uh, this is in, in Cell, Host, and Microbe, which is a, a very respected medical paper, which has a pretty high impact factor. And, you know, the guy's a, a, um, um, an, an eminent expert in the field um, who is reviewing the current scientific consensus. So you'd be like, oh, well, this is something you should listen to. Um, and in this paper, he says that we have known uh, for a long time, and we're talking the 60s, roughly, that um, for uh, respiratory diseases like influenza, um, the vaccines that we have have several problems. They don't, you know, they only protect to a certain degree. Um, and, and most importantly, they don't um, do anything to hamper or, or curtail the spread of the disease, right? They protect you from getting seriously ill should you get the virus but of in a function that i went into in that episode which was episode 146 which i'm not going into detail now but i went into detail there from the paper um some very interesting ways of how the immune system works and you know how our upper respiratory tract has very different immune system than the lower ones and then lower one basically um means that you know if if you're if you're vaccinated, you do get influenza, you still spread it to other people, which is a problem and has always been a problem with influenza and influenza vaccines that we've known about for decades. Um, now, it's become more serious with SARS-CoV-2 because SARS-CoV-2 is a lot more infectious. And so basically, Fauci doesn't really clearly say that in this paper, but you can, if you read the paper, you can draw... Um, he can basically draw the understanding. And what he says is, when the pandemic started, we had the hope that, you know, vaccinating the majority of the population would do something to curtail the spread of the disease. And he kind of says, you know, we, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't really have hoped that um, based on, you know, if you look at influenza, it's a very different virus than SARS. But the way our immune system deals with these viruses is very similar. And so we should have seen it coming that we'd have the same, you know, in air quote, problems with the vaccine. I personally, you know, thinking about this and I've think, thought about this a bit more since last week, I don't think it's a problem with the vaccine. I think it's a, you know, the vaccine does what it does. It primes the immune system. I think it's a problem with the expectation that people had towards the vaccine. So they had... Um, they had expectations, the general public and lots of the professionals, including, I think, Fauci, which is kind of why he kind of says we fucked up in this paper. Um, they had expectations that this vaccine would deal differently with SARS-CoV-2 than the influenza vaccine deals with influenza, um, which is kind of, that's the problem. We shouldn't have had that expectation. And... Um, yeah, so he kind of um, says, you know, these vaccines really aren't as good as they should be. And his kind of bottom line in this paper is um, that uh, we need better vaccines, right? And he's kind of old, he's retired now, and kind of the takeaway is, like, I'm out, right? I'm, I'm, I'm gone. Uh, mistakes were made. But as a scientific community... We're kind of happy 
that there's new people with new ideas. Um, you know, the mRNA uh, vaccines were a new idea, but they, you know, turned out to have the same problems. Um, and kind of, I think what he says, if you read the whole paper, the kind of the takeaway is um, the mRNA vaccines, for example, were uh, um, a very new, ingenious way of making a vaccine, but they do the same thing. The problem is not in the vaccine. The vaccine primes the immune system to attack the virus. The issue we have here is that our immune system deals with these viruses in a certain way. And the problems we have are because of that. And we kind of need to solve that somehow, I guess. I don't know how. That's not the, um, that's not the, 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 you know, the goal of the paper. The goal of the paper is to review what we know and what we've known for a long time and to put it into light with um, our experiences in the pandemic. And I think it's very laudable, you know, especially for somebody. I mean, it's kind of like self-serving in a bit for somebody like Fauci who's kind of, you know, maybe shaped public policy in a way that, as this paper would suggest, doesn't gel with the scientific understanding. But, you know, it's kind of... um, Maybe he wants to kind of clean his name afterwards. But also, you know, you you could see it that way. But you can also see it as laudable as somebody who says, you know, we made mistakes. And as a scientist, it's important to also, um, you know, talk about the mistakes and, you know, um, give people uh, kind of a platform to build on, like the new generation, you know, scientists, a platform to build on what they should do next. Like... He basically says the way we address this health crisis, which which were vac- with vaccines here, was was very suboptimal, um, and you know we need something new. Now, it's important to also draw um, draw conclusions from that. Like one of the conclusions that I drew from that is that something like a vaccine passport, which we um, you know largely implemented in in you know. Chances are, if you're listening to this, um, the country you're in implemented some kind of vaccine passport are kind of um, null and void. These are public policies that we should immediately get rid of because, you know, the underlying idea, you know, the vaccine passports work like you have a document um, that proves that you were vaccinated and then you can do certain things. Like you can go do it in the public. Maybe you remember this. We did this a few years ago. Um now, if you, this only makes sense if you labor under the assumption that being vaccinated does something for the public instead of just for you. And that's always why I, from the beginning, um, was against these kind of measures and talked about this on the show. And, and you know, if, if, you, if you see what they say in this paper, then, then you'd have to come to the conclusion that with the vaccines that we have right now, this kind of approach doesn't make sense. It makes sense for people to get vaccinated to, you know, to protect themselves. It just doesn't make sense to have um, societal uh, barriers and, and policies and, and, and ways of doing things where we go like, you know, you have to be vaccinated to do certain things. It's just, um, yeah, that's something I think we need to learn from. It's not something this paper says, but I think it's a, it's a, it's a valid conclusion. Now, why am I talking about this again? I talked about this last episode. You probably bored out of your skull. Um, 
I, I released the episode and as I usually do, I post about it on, on social networks. And I did so on Twitter, I did so on Facebook, I did so on um, the Fediverse, on a Mastodon instance uh, to be more specific. And I did so on LinkedIn. And um, <laughs> then I very quickly get an email from LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn uh, belongs to Microsoft, right? Uh, LinkedIn's been bought by Microsoft a few years ago. Um, and um, it's uh, if, if you're not aware, which I think I find hard to believe, but you might not be. It's like a professional social network, right? It's uh, it's it's for 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 job stuff. It's like for people to network at work. It's very professional. It's very geared at professionals. Um, on my LinkedIn advertised, you can see I put some uh, uh, screenshots of the emails and stuff I received in the show notes. Private citizen press. You can see I wear a suit and a tie because it's very it's very professional. Now, LinkedIn informed me that they had deleted my post because, quote, it doesn't comply with LinkedIn's policies and it was, in fact, labeled as, quote, misinformation. Um, right. Let's just take that as it is. I said, oh, well, that's interesting. Um, and there was a button um, so uh, that said, um, you can request for somebody to take, quote, a second look. So I assumed, okay, look, this is what happens. They have, like every social network right now, they have machine learning algorithms, you know, running around reading every post. Because, I mean, let's face it, there are so many posts on these networks. They're like, you know, thousands of posts a second. No human can look through those, right? So if you kind of want to filter them and you are required by law, there's another topic, but, you know, kind of want to filter, you have to do like, you have to have algorithms and they're probably machine learning algorithms. And my, my, um, my actual post there um, was kind of controversial, you know, of, of saying that I've been skeptical uh, from the beginning of the pandemic of vaccines because they don't stop the spread. And I said, you know, it, that's what scientific data tells us now. Here we have basically Fauci telling us um, that that's right. And here's the link. Now, um, I was like, okay, so some machine learning algorithms algorithm probably went vaccine uh, noticed that this is kind of critical and flagged it up and deleted it because you can just do that to people. Why not? Right? Just delete the shit. So I thought, okay, let's, you know, like happened to an episode of mine previously when it got deleted of YouTube. Uh, by the way, an episode where I also talked about vaccines, um, where I, um, there was an episode on a completely different topic, but in the beginning of the episode, I explained. Well, I wasn't able to record an episode at my usual um, release date. You know, back then I was going for Wednesday releases. I don't do that right now, but I'm going to probably get back to that at some point. But anyway, uh, I was basically explaining why I couldn't release a show on Wednesday because I had gotten a SARS-CoV-2 vaccine, uh, a, a vaccination, and I explained that it completely laid me flat for like three or four days. And I explained all my symptoms. And then YouTube said, well, that's medical misinformation that goes against the WHO guidelines. And I, in, with YouTube, you can actually write them a little bit, right? So I said, um, I dispute this. Uh, this is a, a scientific podcast, a, a, a journalistic podcast. It's on a different matter at all. And when I mentioned, when I was talking about vaccines, I was talking about my personal experience of getting the vaccine. Now, how can that, that can't possibly contradict WHO guidelines 
because I wasn't talking about any, I was talking about my personal experience. How how can that be against WHO guidelines? Now, to YouTube's credit, they restored that episode. And I thought the same would happen here. With LinkedIn, I thought, okay, I clicked that button. Some hum- I, Sadly, I can't write them a, a message. Otherwise, like YouTube, I would have said, this is, I'm a journalist. This is a journalistic product, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, I couldn't do that. Now, I was like, oh, humans going to look over this and they're going to see, oh, this was a mistake and they're going to reinstate the post. Um, <laughs> I'll still see in Twitch that I'm uh, broadcasting this episode live on Twitch as I record. It, as usual, as soon as he says, the LinkedIn AI slash NPC. I like NPC. I think we should start calling them NPCs. I like that. Didn't get the current thing update. Yeah. Although I don't think the, the I, th- I think you're wrong there because I think the Fauci paper isn't the current thing. I think everybody just ignored it. The current thing still is. That's the thing. Like vaccines still do this thing, which they clearly don't do, which we've known since the 60s. So the current thing's always been that everybody's just ignoring it. Anyway, so the person that probably looked at this um, apparently agreed because I got an email like this post deleted. Um, at which point I wrote to um, Twitch's uh, Twitch. I'm broadcasting live on Twitch, so I got Twitch on my on on. I wrote to LinkedIn's press. Um, I wrote. I, I've written to Twitch's. Uh, <laughs> press contact a few times as well, but they actually, they do answer that. You know, LinkedIn didn't, but we'll talk about that later. Um, anyway, it's, let's let's leave it there, okay? So I was giving them the benefit of the doubt. Now, um, after this going to some through some machine learning algorithm and me actually um, clicking the let's request a second look button, it probably went to some cube farm, right? There's some cubicle farm uh, probably in Bangladesh, or in, it used to be in Ukraine. I don't think they're in Ukraine anymore. Uh, maybe in India with some guy. You know, I don't want to blame the guy. The guy is probably is. I'm sure he, he or she is underpaid, uh, definitely underqualified. Like they can't fucking tell. How would they be able? They couldn't even tell that this is like a journal. They probably, you know, I give them the benefit of the doubt. They might have clicked on the link and then they went to the private citizen press, right? The dot press. Could have been um, an idea. I mean, that doesn't mean I am. Well, kind of means that I am press because being the press is just identifying with the being the press, right? It's not a protected term. If you want to call yourself a journalist, you're a journalist. It means you at least try to or want to give the impression to adhere to a certain ethos. So that would have been a point. But they probably went there and then saw the podcast album art, which is me in a leather jacket with uh, uh, sunglasses holding. <laughs> over under shotgun and I probably went oh this is some kind of nut job <laughs> some kind of white supremacist nut jobs probably what people think which is kind of why I have that it's kind of self-selecting I really like that cover art image um, <laughs> it's you know the people that are turned off by that I don't want to have them listening to the show because ever as, as I mentioned many times this is a show that's about you thinking for yourself right? And um, if this kind of thing turns you off, you're not in the right mindset to listen to this. So that's all good. But anyway, that person probably, you know, how how can they tell? They probably barely speak English. They they don't know how to read a scientific paper. They didn't go to read the paper. They, they might know who Dr. Fauci is, but they have no fucking idea. 
So I don't want to blame that person, right? I might blame the AI because AI is machine learning is shit and you can't hurt anybody's feelings there. So, you know, fuck the AI. Um, but let's think about what this means, right? I think I was relatively, I was trying to be relatively, you know, if you listen to the episode, I think I was factual. I mean, and you know, as I always do, I kind of editorialize, you know, I give some personal feelings, but I, I mean, I stuck, I read the paper. Um, I stuck to the facts in the paper. Um, I checked out quite of the few of the references in the paper. Um, I checked out the people who wrote the paper. Um, I looked at the the place where it was published. I looked at the what I could tell of the peer review po- process, and it all seems to me like solid scientific evidence. Well, as you know, it's a review paper. It 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 seems to me to be based in the current scientific consensus about vaccines. Granted, it kind of reinforces what I always always thought, but you know. I've always thought that because I did some research. It's not like I'm like made up my mind, you know. Um, This was the very first thing I did, like in March of 2020 or April when people say, okay, we, you know, we didn't have a vaccine yet, but like we need to get people vaccinated. It's our only chance against this disease. I, you know, I did some research and I went, you know, what kind of diseases have we actually, like do vaccines actually... um, inhibit the spread of diseases like what kind of diseases have we actually extinguished and you know started figuring out well they do in some cases you know um smallpox um but like you know as i said last episode big factor there's also like quarantining people and stuff and you know so so my kind of belief if you want to call it on this was based on like research that i'd done so this kind of made made sense to me, but like also checking it critically, critically it made sense, and even like su- surprising to me because obviously I haven't been a big fan of Fauci. Like I have, I, I didn't like his policies, and I didn't like a lot of the stuff he'd said previously. So the more surprising it was to me that you know he wrote this now, now, but like. Let, again, let's like. I think I was pretty um, even keeled about the whole thing, and I, I presented the paper in a in a critical um, journalistic way. Okay, it's a podcast, you know, it's on a written medium, new media, new rules, which is my tagline. So I'm doing it in a different way, you know, because you know where I'm coming from. I've talked about this a lot. You know my biases. So I obviously, I also editorialize and I, I'll tell you my opinion. I think that is part of this um, process and I think part of journalism today. Um, but this is a journalistic product. And I was referencing a paper written by one of the preeminent scientists in the field was so preeminent that he basically shaped the policy, uh, the very policy towards this disease, the very public policy by which LinkedIn has this fucking terms of service that now says, 
you know, that we got to, uh, um, you know, prevent misinformation, whatever they want to call it, probably goes back to a large extent, extent to Dr. Anthony Fauci, <laughs> which makes this so ridiculous. And, in, you know, if it wasn't that sad, it would actually be kind of funny. Um, but, like, what we have here is basically LinkedIn saying that this paper that one of the preeminent scientists in the field, the former advisor to the U.S. president, has written in one of the most prestigious journals for this field, which was peer-reviewed, um, and is written by his colleagues of the government agency <laughs> that is responsible for fighting these kind of diseases with vaccines. So they're writing about the field. They're all preeminent experts ad previously advising the president. And they're saying that this is misinformation? Like, seriously, what the fuck? I mean, I know how this came about. I'm very, very sure... This is a machine learning algorithm that just picked up on some stuff. And because machine learning is like statistics, right? It, it can't understand. I mean, people think this. They think AI is intelligent, but it fucking isn't. We talked about this on the show. Um, it's just statistics. It just picks up words. It can't understand the language. So it, it doesn't understand. It never understood the podcast. It wasn't listening to the podcast. That's a thing. AI podcast censorship, something we're going to talk about. Um, there's another episode I've got on the on the long list of things I, I'm going to have to go to go to at some point, get to at some point. Um, but like, okay, this is this is the fucking AI not understanding the text of the show notes. Going, this is some kind of this is weird. We're going to delete this because that's the policies we have now. We have some shitty algorithm that can't understand language arbitrarily deciding on a very, 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 very specific and complicated topic that this is misinformation. And then you have probably some guy who, who doesn't, doesn't know how to read papers. I mean, how can somebody who's he's sitting in some cubicle somewhere educate on this kind of thing? They don't fucking know. They're not an expert in the field. They probably don't even know how to write, read a scientific paper because, you know, they have to look at all kinds of shit all day. They're underpaid. Um, like, what kind of a process is this? It's a, this is, like, broken. This is fundamentally broken. So the whole um, decision they came to is idiotic. It's, it's like, even, even suggesting that this paper in a very highly regarded uh, journal by Dr. Fucking, fucking Anthony Fauci is misinformation is, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at any point. Um, now, this is, that's one thing. If LinkedIn was just like a, a random social network, if LinkedIn was Twitter, this was one thing, but we now have to gonna we now are going to have to talk about what this means um, for LinkedIn because LinkedIn is just not a social network, right?
so I must say I'm actually I have to admit I'm I'm jaded and cynical as fuck about technology topics about at this point uh, privacy about censorship you know I expect the worst um so I'd I'd fully ex would have expected this episode to be deleted from YouTube or Twitch which it wasn't um I don't know if I'd expected it to be deleted of Twitter now with some changes that Musk has, has made. I don't know. But I would not have expected it to be uh, deleted of LinkedIn. Why? Because, you know, LinkedIn is not a normal... So it's not a social network like like other social networks. It's 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 marketed and, and branded as a professional network for professional people. So for professionals to you know share what they're working on within their peer group so what happens if, <laughs> if i'm not f some random freelance journalist fab dude what happens if i'm a cell biologist what happens if i'm a medical uh working in the medical field what happens if i work on mrna vaccines let's say you know I, i'm doctor i'm doctor fabian Scherche. uh <laughs> You know, let's pretend I actually finished university um, and I actually did something with my life and I became a scientist. And I'm working on vaccines and I'm like, oh, wow, look at this review of the scientific consensus that, you know, Dr. Anthony Fauci, of all people, has uh, published. And I, I share that on LinkedIn um, because it's relevant to me, you know, my peer group. Um, now, if that same thing would have happened, how can anybody take LinkedIn seriously? You know, when you when you when they delete that at that point, um, especially like you know, this is like a, I mean, they would every time I go on LinkedIn, they 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 kind of try to talk me into a subscription, and they kind of want my money, right? So because you know, professional, professional, whatever, um, and then something like this happens, which makes the whole the the thing laughable um now granted i'm pretty sure um this wouldn't have happened if i just posted the link of the paper you know if i just posted my comment and then link to the paper maybe it just that wouldn't have happened i don't know i don't know how the ai algorithm decides maybe then the guy at the second level of you know Appealing it would have said, well, this is obviously fine. It's cell host micro microbe, you know, they look at the source. And like with my podcast, they just didn't click through. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how they decide these things, which is part of the problem. Um, but do you think, okay, that that is, you know, it's okay. It's just like some weird guy, just a freelance journalist in air quote, um, linking to his weird podcast, right? But like in some respect this makes it even worse um and if i could have written a, a message to linkedin like i did to youtube i would have explained to them what i explained to youtube look i'm the press you might not like this but i'm the press which i am by dint of just saying i'm the press that's how it works <laughs> you know um I'm in Germany and, and here in Germany and you know it might be different in your country. It's it's not different in any country I've ever worked in as the press, which is the UK. 
but you know, um, but in other countries, I know, uh, I know it's not different in Australia. I'm, I know it's the same in the U.S. Um, you're the press when you say you're the press, and in Germany, there's a special, you know, there's a because the the Presse Codex, there's a kind of like a, a self-governing um, rule set that you adhere to if you're the press and if you do you're kind of protected um from being sued in certain cases and stuff like that um and i i, I do that um but um you know that that's how it works that's now i'm part of the press now that means i'm protected under the constitution over here and in the u.s it would be much the same so linkedin can't say well you know it's it's different in the u.s no it's the same in the u.s um there are laws and rules and policy in place to protect press freedom which means that if somebody says they're the press and they're producing a product that they say is journalistic and it's demonstrably journalistic like you could go in a, in a um you know i i'd be very happy if this if this went to court like i'd go to any court and and you know have them listen to the podcast episode and go you know there's editor editorializing in there but it's a you know I think this adheres to um, being a journalistic product. Um, it's it's well researched. It's based on the um, uh, it's it's based on the uh, on the source material. I'm making clear when I'm editorializing. I don't think I'm out of line where I'm editorializing. I'm, I think it's all well based in the matter that's in, in the evidence that's before us. Um, so. What you're doing, if you're deleting that, is you're actually endangering very specifically freedom of the press. Um, actually, I think in under German law, what you're doing might actually be illegal. Um, you know, it doesn't matter that your terms of service say, well, you know, medical... You know, your terms of, of service could very well say we delete what we want and we're a private company. It doesn't matter. It does not matter... Um, you know you can't you, you're not allowed to do that um if you need a reason for that right and if if you if, if your reason is well we just don't like what the press is writing or saying on a podcast uh then i want i want to see you get that through a court uh, you know that that that'll be interesting um, so, so, so the, the, in the judge in Germany would probably ask you in court, um, go, okay, so you're running this company and you, you're telling us, okay, so you, you're, you, you let people post any kind of information on there. Um, and then if the press says something that you don't like, because maybe they say something negative about your company, which is true, but you don't like it, you just delete it. Uh, and you think that's okay. Yeah. I, I don't think that's going to fly. Now, you know, YouTube kind of understood that, I think. Um, I think, I don't know why they reinstated that one episode, but they kind of did, you know, did so. Uh, I, I don't think LinkedIn understand that. Of course, I, I, I did tell them. Um, I mean, maybe you can come to that. I, I, I wrote to them um, a nice email, um, not strongly worded. I said, look, um, you deleted this episode. I um, appealed. Um, you, you struck down the appeal. I don't think you understand what's going on here. This might have been a mistake. Um, this is, you know, linked to my episode. This is what I did. Um, I think this is, a, you know, a, a journalistic um, product. Um, 
could you explain to me how you arrived at the decision that me accurately portraying what Dr. Fauci says in this paper is misinformation? Like, what specifically is this ruling uh, of misinformation based on? I think I know what they thought. They were like, well, this guy says Vac vaccines don't work and this extent that must be misinformation. But it's not, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just clearly not. It's, it's you know, I, I hesitated to call it the truth because that's stupid, but it's, uh, it's based in what the uh, foremost experts in the field of science, TM, um, know at this time as uh, very eloquently written down by one of the foremost experts. So, yeah, they didn't, they didn't answer, of course. Um, in this case, I didn't expect them to answer because LinkedIn is owned by Microsoft and Microsoft <laughs> never does. I, I've, I've been in this, you know, I've been an IT journalist for over 10 years now. And in many cases, I've had to contact Microsoft And um, they only answer you if you ask them for like, oh, how, why is this product great? Then you get an answer. Um, if you tell them, uh, look, we have, a, um, a, I'm, I'm telling you this because I have an uh, uh, IC, IT security researcher who's found a serious problem in one of your applications. Um, please, uh, would you get in contact about this and, and, and tell me if you know about this problem? Um, They very quickly, like, you know, if it's web-related, often you can tell, they very quickly fix the security <laughs> vulnerability on their side, which is why you always uh, make sure you've um, documented it, little inside knowledge here, if you ever want to do something like this, if you want to become a journalist, little inside knowledge, docu document the security uh, vulnerability before you tell the company. <laughs> Because, you know, it takes them, like, Microsoft's very quick with this shit. Like, it takes them, like, half an hour to like close the security vulnerability but they never answered the, the email like the best i ever got was like some microsoft at some point actually i had some very good relations to a person that worked in in pr in microsoft germany but they always go yeah, yeah i'm gonna get the uh i can't tell you anything because we're not, not allowed to tell you anything like the german people i'm gonna get the american uh, press people to tell you about it and then they never get back to you um And then I wrote too many stories and then I was, uh, they didn't like me that much and they didn't answer anymore. Um, so LinkedIn didn't answer in this case either, um, which is not surprising to me. But I think, uh, which means, um, I mean, the only way we can take this is that they know that they're fucked up. Um, that even if, if, if they, you know, spent the time and looked at the case, They can only come to the solution while well, this guy actually, if they actually listen to the fucking podcast, uh, this guy actually didn't spread misinformation. He didn't mischaracterize this paper. That's actually what that paper says. Uh, it's by one of the foremost uh, experts in the field. Uh, it summarizes uh, very well documented scientific uh, you know, a very well documented scientific consensus with good references that you can follow up and that you can check and then you will for all intents and purposes 
you know, <laughs> figured out that Fauci, oh, surprise, Fauci didn't fucking make this up. It actually is the scientific consensus. And then you can only come to the conclusion that this is all correct. Um, you know, and like, I sorry, I can't like, on, on the bare minimum, I can't take LinkedIn seriously because how can you be like a scientist now on LinkedIn and use it for your own, you know, for your professional connections when you can't even post links or like, you know, talk about the actual scientific consensus on the topic. If it, you know, even if it clashes with something that LinkedIn thinks or that terms of service uh, say, uh, it's the scientific consensus. I, you know, I've I've got news for you. There's probably not a there's not a one person working at LinkedIn or at fucking Microsoft who's an expert on this field. Actually, who you know who who knows, right? Um, I'm I'm very certain that anybody at LinkedIn who looked at this um, as a result of me actually poking them on it you know, via the, you know, let's take a second look or why writing an email to the press. I, I'm very certain that none of these people understand uh, the matter uh, as well as I do. And I'm not saying that because I'm very intelligent or did a lot of research. I just did some research. <laughs> you know, there might be more intelligent people working there, but they just didn't fucking spend the time. I'm I'm willing to bet they didn't even put the time in to read this paper, which isn't that long. Um, so I'm actually one of the one of the reasons why I keep doing this episode. You know, when something like this happens, is I fucking had it. I fucking had it with these fucking idiots. These are people who think they know the the. And you know, we're going to talk about this. I'm going to have more episodes on this. I really want to talk about this, like in a philosophical way at some point right now i'm just angry um angry at these fucking morons who think they know the truth they know there's an they think there's an objective um truth in the universe you know they think on a topic like you know vaccines do this or that there's like an objective fact an objective truth you can arrive at and, and and that they know it. And they don't even fucking put the work in to read. I don't know what the, how long this paper is, 17 pages or whatever. It took me like two hours to work through it. And I, I read really slowly when I do stuff like this. And I, I check stuff. I'm not the fastest person to do this stuff. Anybody who's like an actual scientist, like my wife who does this for a living, we've checked this paper out in half an hour or something, you know, read through it really fast. I was really slow because I don't understand many of the words and then I have to cross-reference them and look them up and see what this means and check all of this shit. So it took me like two or three hours. But I put in these two or three hours. And these fucking people who think they've, in German we say, die Wahrheit gepachtet, you know. They think they own the truth. They know what's right in the universe. They know and, you know, for they, they want to, for the better of the planet and mankind, they know what to do. These fucking idiots, they know, they know nothing. They're fucking Jon Snow and they're too fucking lazy to even read the paper. And I've had it. I've had it with these people. You know, I don't give a fuck what your terms of service say. You know, you can, you can, you can stick your terms of service 
up your fucking ass. And if you want to delete my account because I said that, please do. I mean, what the f How can you take this? How can you take them serious? Like not only as a professional uh, social network for professionals, but also you're fucking... Basically, this kind of what you're doing is basically the same kind of thing. What you're doing to me, I'm not just a small podcaster. Who the fuck cares about me? I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think, I don't, I don't have the illusion that anybody cares about me. But like what they do to me, they do to other people as well. What they do to me, they do to the New York Post. This is, this is the same fucking thing as the Hunter Biden laptop story. You're suppressing, you're suppressing legitimate news, legitimate information, calling it misinformation on no basis in reality at all. And it's happening all over. I mean, another episode we probably have to do at some point is uh, on, the, on, on the lab theory. Right? I mean, I said this in the beginning as well. I was like, so herpy-derpy internet research idiot at home, you know, sitting there in his pajamas, goes, hey, this virus outbreak, uh, where is it? It's, it's in Wuhan. Okay, so, so it came from a bat at this, at this wet market. And you go like, oh, look, there's like what? 10? BSL five lab, you know, biosafety level five. They're the kind of labs where they work on, on really dangerous viruses. There's like 10, 15 labs on the whole planet. And one, look, one's in Wuhan, China. And it's like really close to this wet market where apparently the, 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 the virus came from to the human race because somebody ate a bat. Now, let me look at that. Oh, they, they do research on coronaviruses in this lab. Well, wouldn't you know, this is a coronavirus, you know? It's not even a fucking conspiracy theory if you go, it's mighty strange that this virus breaks out in the very... It's like, you said that, and then you were the worst conspiracy theorist. It was bullshit. You were like, you know, you were called an idiot. I remember what people like, you're fucking crazy. I'm like, you know when the Marburg virus broke out in, in Marburg, you know, when people get, got Ebola and it turned out, well, they had an accident at the lab in the same city. Well, it's not Ebola technically. It's a, it's a Marburg virus. Uh, Ebola is a Marburg anyway. Um, but, you know, it's like if somebody back then would have said, well, no, it didn't come from that lab. It came from a dog. Right? You're like, well... Funny, there's this city in the, in the university and they have this lab and they're researching this virus that's like hemorrhagic fever, right? So you get it and then you start coughing blood and you die. And now there's people in the street coughing blood and they die. Oh, no, they got that from some random bat that flew by. <laughs> like, or like the Reston outbreak. Like, oh, oh, no, it just it just brought Reston, Virginia. This is just where the virus happened to be. It's got nothing to do with the government lab that's just next door. <laughs> so from the beginning, I was like, I don't, we don't know that it's from the lab, but it, it's it's a credible theory, right? And in the very beginning, like I'm, I'm, I remember, like half a year after the pandemic got started, there were like this, um, 
you know, Trump actually released the stuff from the CIA where the CIA had actually, the CIA, CIA had a theory that it was a lab leak because they noticed um, some weeks before the, it got pub public that the virus broke out, I think in November of 2019, they, on the, on on satellite images they saw like traffic um they had like shut down the traffic around the where the lab is and the cia is like that's weird and there was like nobody working at the lab you could tell like from the from the the heat or whatever like the the you know they they had basically shut the lab down they were like hmm this kind of could be indications of like a lab leak and then the the whole press for like years goes, no, that's a stupid conspiracy theory. If you even say that, if you even call it the Chinese virus, you're like a crazy right-wing fucking Trump Nazi. And, you know, well, turns, it turns out apparently, yeah, you know, we all thought that, including the FBI, who's apparently thought this for months or years or whatever. And then they just go on the television and say, you know, we all know, didn't we, Brad? <laughs> You, I, I'm at lost. It's it, it's just it fucking just makes me angry. It is the only, like. It doesn't make me angry that they fucking try this shit, right? That the government tries to hide this shit. That the press goes along with it. That's just the way it works. It makes me angry that people actually fall for it. Right? Every intelligent person, I talked about this privately in 2020 and said, you know, this might as well be from a lab. They were like, yeah, that's a credible theory. Right? And then you, you say that publicly and everybody goes, oh, pfft, crazy. How could you arrive at such an <laughs> outrageous possibility? <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, um, yeah, this this was uh, terribly self-indulgent. I um, apologize for that. But I think it's... Okay, so why I think this is important. It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me that LinkedIn is as shitty as every other social network. But, you know, it kind of surprised me that they didn't even fess up to it, to be honest. I mean, even YouTube did that. Um but I think it's important to talk about this stuff because I think this happens to a lot of people. I think um, a lot of people post something like this and then it just gets disappeared like this and then they never object and they kind of self-correct. And I think the press does as well. Um, right? I don't think... I don't know. If I if I had written this as a story for a large uh, news organization like... You know, and, and would their posts have been deleted? Are they like on a whitelist? So so it's okay if they spread air quotes misinformation. If they don't, um, they would probably self-censor. The next time they would probably go, let's not do that. They'll just delete our LinkedIn account or whatever. I mean, it's not only LinkedIn, right? This happens everywhere. Um, it's... It's shit. It's it's a, it's a horrible situation. 
So we've we've got like like some machine learning algorithms, some people who don't know what they're doing, um, trying to arbitrate the truth. Because the terms of service of the social network say that you know, on this topic, you may only post the approved truth. And we're sorry, you haven't run the update yet, so Dr. Fauci is not uh, part of the uh, part of the truth. I'll definitely, I'll, this, I'll, will, I'll have to do some more episodes on this. Um, um, this whole complex topic, um, I've been, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot recently, and I've, I've been labeling this in in my brain just as the Ministry of Truth. Um, that's what I think uh, is happening here. I think that's what people um, in the government, you know, in, in several governments, you know, in my government in Germany, I think in the US, and but also in, 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 in private corporations kind of want to establish that's, that's what this is, right? And I'm... I'm I never liked it, but I could kind of, it was kind of manageable when they said, okay, we're going to delete everything that is against WHO guidance. Because that, had, I mean, that's the same threat to freedom of press and, and freedom of speech and everything. But that's what, that was at least manageable. But now it's just like, oh, this is, you know, LinkedIn doesn't even pretend. They're just like, if you read the terms of service, it doesn't mention, like, it, it None of this applies. None of the shit they link to applies to what I did. Because uh, it's not misinformation. And it's not, it doesn't, it, like, everything, like, the way they, um, in their terms of service and in their, in their policy, um, define misinformation is the all you know the the it goes against some guidance by the WHO or interestingly against the National Institute of Health and 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 and, and this does, all doesn't apply but who cares you know the the algorithm the the computer says no and then you can't do anything about it um yeah um, I would say it kind of dismays me that like a, a private corporation can do this kind of thing and the government, wherever you are in the US or in Germany, doesn't do anything about it. But I kind of feel like that's per design. Um, I kind of feel like the government has outsourced, you know, because, for example, in Germany, I talked about this on the show previously, the constitution says there is no censorship, which means there is no censorship of... Um, the speech of the citizen by the state, right? And they kind of got around to that by just having the censorship being done by private corporations who own all the platforms where the speech is happening. So now you can't call on the constitution because it's not the government doing it. But I mean, it's the same fact, right? Um, and I really don't understand why that doesn't get fixed because I, you know, I'm, I'm naive sometimes. I'm sometimes very naive and very idealistic. And I studied, you know, history and politics and in politics they taught me, well, you know, there's the law and then there's commentary on the law, you know, like on the constitution. And, and, and that kind of tells you how it's interpreted. 
And I know it's always been interpreted by that, but I can't understand. If you, um, <laughs> you know, in, in Germany, we call them uh, uh, Rechtspfleger. So the caretakers of the law, uh, which is judges, um, you know, attorneys, uh, you know, people in the legal profession, they're all, you know, you can actually be, you're debarred in Germany if you do anything as an attorney that is against this taking care of the law. If you act actively subverting the law, uh, then you can get debarred. And so all about, all, all of that is about not following the letter of the law, right? But following and trying to understand what the law is there for. Yeah, if you're an attorney and you're trying to defend your client, you 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 bend the law as you can. But like, you know, as a, as a judge and as a politician who cares about these things, it is um, it is unconceivable unconceivable to me how you can be of the opinion that we created a constitution that prevents the state from censoring its citizens, and then if you move the public discord to a private arena. It's okay if private companies do that because the outcome is the same, right? The citizen is silenced. And that's what what this no censorship provision paragraph in the Constitution is there for. Right? It's there to prevent private citizens from being silenced or the press from being silenced. So if I write an article that says, look, Fauci said... Uh, the, the preeminent expert from the US said this this thing we told the population for three years about vaccines is not true and it was never true. If the state would go and delete that, everybody would cry out and go, well, the state can't censor the press. No, the press uses a private platform by another actor to, to um, get this news to the populace and and then it's deleted then it's okay why like how how does anybody who 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 tries to understand what the law is there to do and and tries to defend that just okay with that i i don't i just don't get it you know i, I just i i do not un understand this and it's the same in the us like how was the hunter how was deleting the hunter biden story off twitter okay in any like why like why is there all this like free speech freedom of the like the whole country was founded on free speech and freedom of the press right but because you know it's a it's a product of the french revolution where before the french revolution there were kings right and the king would say this is the truth and then if if any citizen, the press, would say, no, the king is wrong, the king could go off with the heads. That was the French Revolution, and everybody went to, to the U.S., and then they decided, hey, let's found a country on the belief that citizens make the rules. And the there is no king that's always right, and let's enshrine that in uh, in law. So back in the day, it was religion because, you know, the king would say, uh, you're, you're all Catholic now and, you know, whatever, or you're all Protestant, and we didn't like that. But you, bu you build a whole country on that, whose whole purpose is, is, is that, you know, to have um, 
to build policy to build the 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 the, the democratic um, edifice of the state um, on the backs of people being allowed to say what they think um, and and because in the day it was always the king or the government preventing the people um, from saying what they felt was wrong with the situation you write the laws that way right that's why you you know then you build a state and you don't have a king and you go okay but we kind of need the same protection so uh we're going to say that the state can't do this like the state can't do what the king used to do um yeah and then you do that you build that and you a few hundred years come along and then it's like okay now the power rests to a large extent in the hand of some you know it's a government still but also corporations uh but now the corporations can do that <laughs> and the government just gets the corporate like why isn't anybody waking up to this i i don't i don't i don't get it like i can it's kind of a little bit understandable in germany where we do have this like very clear uh you know we have freedom of this Freedom of speech and freedom of the press, but then they're very clear rules. Like, you know, uh, Nazi propaganda, you know, freedom of the press is out. Freedom of speech is out. It's illegal. You're going to jail. Right? So we have, we do have a strict rule set. But in the US, they don't even have that. Like, you know, freedom of speech is paramount. And this shit is coming from the US. This is US companies doing this shit. Yeah, anyway. Can't you can't take LinkedIn seriously anymore? I think it's fucking Microsoft. So it's always it's always fucking Microsoft. But you know it's not it's not really owned. It's not really LinkedIn. I mean this is a the the, the general prob problem I feel is with society believing that um, that something is you know true provably true that you can say this is the truth and then you make rules based on that and then that bites you in the ass to a large extent when what you say like it bites you in the ass when when let's say you don't know like we did with a lot of things with covid and sars-cov-2 and then it turns out later that something else is true and then you know, it takes some time to catch up, right? And so you have all these totalitarian rules based on the truth that isn't the truth anymore. And it kind of takes a while to dissemble that. It's even worse when what you said was the truth was never the truth to begin with, as, Fau as Fauci says here. Should have known this shit since the 60s. Um, nobody was listening to the, to the people who actually knew what they were trying to, what they said. Or the stupid podcasters who did like a day of research and, you know, kind of figured it out as well. Um, so it's bad enough to build like this totalitarian society on on the mistaken belief that there's at any given point a truth you can come down to, right? Um, which, you know, I've discussed on the show. We I did episodes on, you know, the scientific method, 
on why effect is an effect. You know, we know, we know, we know there's gravity. I can, I can hold up a pen and then drop it and then goes down. That's gravity. You know, fact. But like, wh what is gravity? How does it work? You know, like folding space time. When you get down to that, it's fucking theory that you can't fucking prove. Right? <laughs> you know, why does it do these things? And then if you go, like, why does it behave? Why does gravity behave this way? And then you go, you approach light speed and it behaves differently. Why does it do these things in a black hole that actually aren't possible in the observable universe? Like, you know, it's it's not fun. You, you can't come down to, to a given fact at any given moment. And to believe that is bad enough. And to structure your society around this mistaken belief, because everybody goes science, 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 science. Nobody actually understands the scientific method. That's bad enough. But if you then do that based on being wrong from the beginning, we're fucked. Anyway, maybe that's it. That's that's it for this part of the show. Let's move on. The uh, the the bottom line. The bottom lines were fucked. So with that, let's move on to the feedback part of the episode. So if you, um, I always say this and I mean it, I appreciate your feedback very much. Um, so if you think, if you have other thoughts, you know, have other feelings about what I've just told you for an hour and 10 minutes, if you think I'm wrong, please tell me. Um, if you would, if you think these kind of episodes are too self-indulgent and I should rather talk about Nord Stream now, let me know. I want to know. You can tell me. I can take it. Believe me, I can take it. Um, let me know. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty vicious sometimes um, against some people, like these dumb fucks at LinkedIn. Um, and I only do that because I can, I can take it when it comes back like that. So if they write me back, go like, yeah, you're the dumb fuck. Uh, I, I can take that, and I can take it from you as well. So please uh, let me know. Get in contact. Private citizen, private citizen dot press. All the details are on the website. There's a on every in every show notes. There's a producer feedback section. There's a handy table of contents on the newly redesigned. Well, not that new anymore, but on the redesigned website that you can click on and you get right to it, or you can click on contact uh, in the uh, top bar and you, you also get some information. Anyway, speaking about feedback, um, <laughs> I am um, a little bit ashamed to say that. Uh, I am somewhat behind on my email in certain respects because I've been very busy. So some shit's been piling up, and there's some some stuff I've been I've I've earmarked uh, to talk about on the show, which I've then forgotten in a pile of rancid email that got poured on top of it. And one of these emails was is from longtime listener and and very astute producer of the show, writes in a lot, and I always appreciate his, his feedback. Uh, Fadi Mansour who uh, is commenting uh, in this email that is over a month old at this point. I'm sorry about this, Fadi. Um, on episode 142, uh, where I just come back from a trip to Dubai, where I attended a Syrian wedding. And I kind of um, had expected Fadi to write in, because I know uh, Fadi has, has some um, Syrian roots. 
And so I appreciate this feedback here. Um, so let's 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 get to it. Fadi says, I will start with the not so serious topic. You mentioned a lot of a lot of dancing at the wedding. I think you probably meant traditional dancing where they form a line. This is called dabke. Dabke. Uh, I was never a fan, but people are usually very enthusiastic about it. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, no, I meant dancing per se. There was a lot of dancing. Most of the dancing was to quite modern, uh, I would say, Western music. Um, just a hell of a lot of dancing, which, um, yeah. Uh, I would actually, traditionally, I'm not that much of a fan of dancing. <laughs> I mean, I, I do dance uh, sometimes. Um, but, uh, and I did at this wedding, uh, this this gay stuff sounds like it's more down my alley because you know I spent a lot of time in Australia and <laughs> in in rural Australia uh, in some hick town called Gympie. Uh, if you're from Australia, you're like, how the fuck did he end up there? That's always the question. Like, did you get did you get shot when you were there? <laughs> no, I didn't get shot. Um, I did shoot a squirrel uh, by accident, <laughs> only with a twenty-two. But I don't think the squirrel survived. Um, yeah, so I did a lot of line dancing there, which this sounds kind of like the same thing, where you like line up and then you you know you 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 dance towards each other and you you do you twirl around and you do all the shit. I kind of like that. Um, upside uh, of that is you can also do it in cowboy boots, which I think is always good. But no, uh, there was just a lot of dancing of all kinds. There was a lot of traditional uh, Syrian songs. That it was like the singer who was on stage for like an hour or almost an hour and a half, uh, who was with it in the middle of the dancers who was singing like some um traditional songs at by the end of it and there were some older men who um apparently requested some uh yeah, some traditional Syrian songs which um basically got them tearing up, which was kind of interesting. Um, and yeah, very emotional. Um, they got their like their handkerchiefs out and were waving them around at some point. It was a very interesting uh, experience, I must say. You know, I, I like this kind of stuff. Um, I like to, you know, pu push your boundaries once in a while. I'm almost forty now, but I still think you know, getting yourself out there and um, experiencing things that you haven't experienced before, uh, you know, makes you think. Uh, keeps you in the world and you know gave me all these things which is what you know thoughts and ideas which i talked about in this episode which is the the next thing we're going to get to here now uh, because fadi continues on a more serious note let me just take a sip of beer here on a more serious note in this episode you talked about the willingness of people in dubai oh, i hope i say this i think they say dubai in Arabic, I think that's kind of how, you know, I, I was listening very intently to the uh, metro station announcement. I think it's uh, Dubai. Uh, to give up freedoms in exchange for comfort uh, or luxury. Here would like to make a distinction between foreigners living or visiting there and a the local population. Although having never been there, my points of view are coming from familiarity with the kinds of governments in the area. For local citizens, their freedoms are already limited Governments already encroach upon personal freedoms, so people have already given up on that. So what you see as concession 
uh, are already part of the deal of living there. What is at stake is their life and freedom. And I think you've you've you hit on that correctly, even if you've never been there. But I think you know you 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 spot on. Um, and I think you misunderstood me, or maybe I wasn't clear in the episode. I was specifically talking. Of course, I interacted there a lot with like non-locals, right? So I was like in a hotel, and you could actually you know uh, drink alcohol at the bar and stuff. And they the the bar staff or the the hotel staff, uh, there were like girls that I think I said that on the episode that that. Uh, you know that seemed to me. You know they could have, they could have actually walked, uh, worked in my local calf in Wimbledon down the road when I was living there. They sounded exactly. They had like that exact, um, uh, you know, East London. Sorry, West, West London. <laughs> West is on that side. Uh, West London accent. Um, and. Yeah, I was talking about the uh, the people living there, giving up this, you know, somebody from the UK or, in Europe, or Europe, somewhere else in Europe coming there and giving up the freedom, which was very hard for me, like the the simple freedom of, of, of being able to touch my wife in public, which is, I never noticed how much I do that until, you know, I wasn't allowed to. That was just like, that made a huge impression on me, which is why I think it's important, you know, to go to different places and experience this kind of thing. Um, yeah, and I was very much not talking about the local people. I like like a typical visitor who's in Dubai for a week. Um, you know, I didn't have much um, contact with local people, and especially as the wedding. I mean, these were lots of these people living in Dubai, but they were like Syrian people originally from Syria, and lots of people also you know moved to other countries like Germany, which is why we know part of the family um so yeah they were they're not the local local people so i think your point is correct and and fadi continues um on the other hand for foreigners from more democratic countries this is different they would not be worried about the personal security well they kind of are right that's why, why i'm not touching my wife because i don't want to get thrown into jail down there um but the trouble from my point of view, and I think you would agree here, is that giving up these freedoms now, although the effects are still not very apparent, bringing these more democratic countries to the same level of balance of power as these less democratic ones. Governments and corporations have much more control over individuals, and this is what makes me worried. Unfortunately, we are living in interesting times. And I would agree with that, um, Fadi. Yeah, that, that was kind of my point. Um, my point was, I th maybe I m haven't didn't make it clear enough and maybe i'm just reflecting on this now because fadi wrote in which is why i you know uh, appreciate feedback so much um you know because it that it sharpens you know we talk about these things and it sharpens our thoughts towards things right it makes things clearer um i think the impression that i specifically had was people from more democratic western countries moving there for you know, earning money, having having you know, I have a very comfortable life there. It's, it's a nice place to live, in some respects. But you you're giving up a lot of freedom and like the willingness of people to do that, and the contrast of you know, for example, here uh, you know, in 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 these more Western countries, a few years before, the willingness of people giving up their freedoms for a promise of you know, I don't know protecting the healthcare system or something like that you know some some promise to be more safer basically that's how it always works um 
and it doesn't really matter how preposterous it is like you know like like in in nazi germany whether the imagined danger wasn't actually a danger at all um well you know there you know there was the thing with the communists that that was <laughs> um germany um you know turning into communism was was a danger at some point and i can actually understand people being afraid of that at the time but you know um i'm, I'm talking more about like the racist um xenophobic you know like the jews are the evil in the world which is you know bullshit like that it doesn't really matter what the doesn't really matter how real it is because you know for me the threat of uh threat of SARS-CoV-2 wasn't a threat because I was looking at the statistics and was like my chances of dying of this are minute and if I do then you know I'd, I'd just die of something else right and that's my grandma who's at the time was like 98 or whatever it's like yeah, but like, yeah, she, she, there's a significant threat there, but there's also a significant threat with just gastroenteritis or with heart disease or whatever, you know, some random germ coming along, killing her. Um, so to me, that, that threat wasn't real. Um, so it doesn't really matter how real the threat is, but people are, if they believe in the threat or if they believe in the, the promise of, um, in this case, you know, I guess moving to Dubai it wouldn't be a threat. It would be, um, you know, the promise of a good life. <clears throat> um, how willingly most people give up their freedoms. Like, I was just thinking, you know, you couldn't... It's a nice country. I like hot countries. It's it's beautiful. Like, I like deserts. Um, I like skyscrapers. It's amazing. It's like skyscrapers in the desert. You know, it 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 be. I I love the place. Um, there's a beach, the lovely beaches. It's it's cool. Um, you know, I could from just looking at the country, I could very well imagine me living there. Uh, but you just couldn't pay me enough money, personally. I like you couldn't. It wouldn't matter. L literally, it wouldn't matter. Like I would. Like I'd could, I'd be a billionaire down there, right? Have a boat or whatever, have cars, do whatever I want. The fact that I just, like, if I can't, if I go out, I just can't, like, you know, be affectionate to my wife would be like, to me, I'm a person where that just nags me so much that I could never go for this deal. Uh, but being down there, I realized how, uh, yeah, how I'm part of a very big minority. And I think most people are very happy to take to go for like have their freedoms degraded in certain ways if they're just made safe and rich and comfortable um yeah uh, and that is uh it's it's scary to see that because it work here as well, right? Um, so that means that you just need a, a threat that enough enough people go for, say a virus or global warming, and then basically as somebody in charge, you can get these people to give up a hell of a lot of their freedoms. Um, 
if you just kind of make things all right. Um, yeah, and if you know, if you take something like like global warming, you'd say, well, but they can't make it all right. But the thing is, like, if it's actually not that dangerous as people think it is, <laughs> then actually they don't didn't have to do anything. Right, and they could, you know, you could get people to give up a hell of a lot of, and and you know, we're doing that, like you know, um, we're doing that in the EU right now. Like the people are giving up a hell of a lot of freedoms um, that they used to take for granted, like a generation ago. Uh, you know, having uh, having a car and driving it wherever they want to be, where you know, well, that, that's something like. <laughs> um, yeah i mean there there were always like these restrictions but if you look at the the generation of my parents um to to prevent them um you know let's say in the 70s and 80s to prevent them from driving their car inside of germany where they wanted to you'd have to have the threat of like hardcore terrorism right the raf the Red Army f uh, uh, faction, right? Uh, we, we, that's when they put police on the street with like MP5s and go like, "You can't, you can't, you can't drive here." Uh, and, and you know, now it's just the temp the temperature is rising a bit. I mean, I'm sorry to say that that way, but like that that's what people go for now, and they basically accept the stray like. You know, used to go from blowing up buildings and you know hard calibers flying around to just like okay, uh, it's a, it's a bit warmer now. You can't drive your car down there. It's um, yeah, it's interesting times for sure. Um, let me know what you think about that. Maybe you have some reflections on the feedback section. That's also nice. We also had this on the show before, where we ha where I had consecutive feedback sections where we were talking about people giving feedback on the feedback you may do this on the forum as well we have a forum uh, forum.fab.industries but links are also on the site private citizen press um, on the contact page that's kind of cool because you know people have uh, discussions back and forth directly uh, which works really well but anyway let me know um, please write in um say hello maybe if you just want to say hello hello i listen to the show i appreciate that a lot as well and with that uh let me let me wrap up this show at this point As you might know, if you have listened to this before, this show is produced under the value for value model as pioneered by the No Agenda podcast, uh, Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak in the morning, fellas. Um, which means uh, if you contribute, like, you know, writing in, telling me what episodes you would like to see, providing critique on um, episodes that I've done, you become a producer, but that's, you know, that's an important way of contributing to the show. But also I need to put money on the table. So there's also another important way that I could do the show without. Um, and that's my Patreon. I just, you know, 
happened to choose Patreon for this because it just works the best way. Um, so there's a link in the in the show notes, privatecitizen.press, how you can subscribe to that. It's like a monthly subscription. It helps me out. Um, you can, of course, also subscribe on Twitch uh, since I, uh, you know, live stream this on Twitch. If you, you know, if you happen to catch a live show, you can do that. If you have Amazon uh, Prime, you can even do that for free. Thanks to uh, the uh, good old Bezos bucks. Um, but, you know, the, the Patreon um, supporters are the main people that keep the show going. So I want to thank them here specifically. Um, and I gave them like producer titles like in Hollywood can stole that from No Agenda as well. So I uh, got my showrunner here, Sir Gold Tarrant. He's uh, also No Agenda royalty. That's where the Sir comes from. Uh, then we have ex- Executive... Can't talk. Can't can't speak the English. Executive producers: Butterbeans, Jaroslav Lichtblau, Rizel, Sandman six one six. Thanks to my supervising producers: One I One One G, Avis, Bennett Piata, Dave IKN, Jackie Plage, Jonathan M Hitai, Crunkle, Michael Mullen Jensen, Robert Forster, and Tobias Weber. Producers Andrew Davidson, Astro C, Cam, Captain Eckhart, David Potter, Dirk Didi, Fadi Mansour, Florian Pigosh, Joe Poser, Michael Small, Mika, Mr. Amish, Rick Bragg, and RJ Tracy, and the associate producers Barry Williams, D. Jonathan, Johan Sonen, Kaisias, Ricky M., Steve Hose, and Vlad. Thanks to all of you. I appreciate it very much. You keep this show on the road. And, um, yeah, couldn't do it without you. And I also couldn't do the show without ByteMark at ByteMark.co.uk. The show doesn't really have ads. It doesn't have sponsors. But ByteMark, since long before the show existed, has given me uh, two servers for free that I use to uh, distribute the podcast audio file. So that's you know storage and bandwidth, specifically bandwidth. They're very fast servers. They work really well. Never had a problem. And I couldn't, literally, I couldn't do the show without Bindmark. So thanks to Bindmark. I appreciate it very much. They're good people. Um, they're protecting free speech um, quite literally here. So thank you very much. You know, that's what podcasting is. You know, having a server that they just can't just deplatform you quickly and uh, easily. And Bindmark's doing that for me. And I it's very much appreciated. And with that, I'm winding up the show. There's. Uh, Another show pretty soon if everything goes according to plan. Um, yeah, I don't know. Probably going to talk about the uh, the uh, Nord Stream thing. Uh, but, you know, can't promise anything. But I will do my best to get that to you very soon. Uh, until then, uh, the theme song for this show is called Acoustic Roots. I had somebody mention um, a colleague of mine and friend that's listened to this show in, in the gym. <laughs> I don't know, probably uh, the ranting, uh, giving off some energy there that you can use, I hope. Um, but uh, they said they really like the, 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 the intro song because it's very chill. and Yeah, and that's kind of w- what I was going for. That's that's why I love it. That's why it's been the intro song since the very beginning. Acoustic Roots by Raul Cabezali. Uh, great song. And then speaking of great songs, I'm going to play us out today. I always pick a different song, um, courtesy of Epidemic Sound here, um, to play us out. And this is uh, 
somebody who's become one of my favorite artists on um, Epidemic Sound, and of course also follow her on, on Spotify now, uh, Big Girl, uh, Nashville singer-songwriter, and this is her new single uh, called Can't See My Face in the Crowd No More. Well, this is Can't See My Face in the Crowd No More by Big Girl. I'll see you soon. Uh, and and let's all together aim to misbehave. All right. Um, that's 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 what I. That's why I, when I've when I've uh, clicked the uh, stop recording button and I've saved this podcast and and, and I've mastered it and, and released it up to the Bitemark servers, pushed it out on the RSS feed. I'm going to post it on LinkedIn because uh, over here we aim to misbehave. We were made.